Howdy, y'all. All right. I am so excited to let you guys know that the Patreon page for the podcast is off to an awesome start. Uh, I'm using Patreon as a way for you guys to be able to support the podcast, and in exchange for that support, I'm releasing Patreon-exclusive content and giving away South of Scruffy merch to those who get involved. Uh, something pretty unexpected also happened alongside the Patreon launch, uh, and this is a really great thing that happened. A listener uh, who has asked to remain anonymous uh, has offered to match any of the new Patreon pledges that the podcast gets in May and June. Uh, match that with a donation to the Second Harvest Food Bank, which is a great charity who's doing awesome things here in East Tennessee. Um, it's an awesome thing for that listener to do. You know who you are, listener. <laughs> so you guys go to patreon.com slash south of Scruffy and get involved. Uh, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash south of Scruffy. Thank you guys for all of your support. I really appreciate it. Let's do the podcast. We're doing the podcast. All right, welcome in, guys. How we doing? Southwest Scruffy Podcast. My name is Ben Fields. This is my podcast. I'm glad that you're a part of it. Thanks for being here. I've got Brent Thompson on the show today. Uh, Brent Thompson is a TV personality. He's a jazz singer. He's an extremely talented advocate for the arts. Uh, and an enabler of other artists, too. He loves nothing more than to see a good artist succeed, and he has helped a lot of them, including myself, do that. Uh, he's just a ball of energy, great dude, and uh, he's helped Sugarlands Distilling uh, get their operation started and has continued to uh, help that thing thrive, um, and we talk about that a little bit in the podcast, but that seems to be doing really well. I want to thank Sam Thomas. Uh, Sam Thomas continues to be such an asset for the show. And he does, um, you know, aside from mixing the show, he's gotten into some, some other uh, type, uh, some other things that are also helping the show. Uh, he's helping with, uh, connections to bookings. Um, and he's just helping strategically and he, um, I, I can't thank him enough. Uh, and I'm glad that he's coming on the ride with me here. Um, go back and listen to episode eight of South of Scruffy and you can get to know Sam a little bit better. Um, most recently he was part of a small group who, uh, helped, uh, put the connection with Chris blue together. Um, Matt Honkinen was involved in that and Ryan Levinson as well. Those three guys, uh, helped connect me, uh, with Chris who has agreed to come on the show. Uh, so Chris blue will be here on May 26th for an interview. And, uh, we're going to probably, if Chris is up for it, do a video aspect to that as well. So there's uh, some video content to go alongside it uh, that you can, you can actually watch the podcast happening. You can actually see the awkward moments. <laughs> uh, and thanks, uh, thanks to uh, everybody who uh, sent the nice birthday messages out to me. I appreciate it a lot. Uh, it was a great birthday. Um, got to go float the clinch river with a group of friends. It was unbelievably exciting, fun. And a nice break from parenthood and, and everything that, that that goes along with that. Uh, thanks to uh, three new scruffheads. Scruffheads are the uh, the top tier on the on the the Patreon membership page. And uh, Eddie and Alice Crook. That's actually four. Ed and Alice Crook, uh, uh, Matt Zachary, and JT in New York. Uh, JT was the one that I. Uh, that I mentioned uh, last week about his his, uh, his FaceTime comment about 
forgetting how ugly I was until he saw me on FaceTime. Uh, I thought it was hilarious. He took exception to it, but he called me. We worked it out. And uh, and, and now he's a scruffhead. Who, who, who would have thought? But I will say that the man put the screws to me. He wanted to make sure that his contribution to the show was going to be worth it for him. And so there's a high amount of accountability coming from just him and uh, from all of you that have supported the show. I want to continue to make it something that you guys enjoy. And uh, I'm going to continue to provide value for you guys as you support me. So thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Without further ado, Mr. Brent Thompson. Could be okay. Closer is better. I All think right, I'll try that, that, I'll that's try what that. they tell me. That's what the guys who mix it I'm, tell me. I'm feeling so uh, relaxed. You've made a very relaxing environment. <laughs> I mean, this is pretty unassuming <laughs> over here. It's pretty. Uh, it's not very uh, intimidating. The the setting. <laughs> Honestly, it feels like it feels like my grandpa's garage. Yeah, this it's, is where grandpa used to hang out and tinker. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, man, he, tinkering. Yeah. He, That's he, a lost he art. He was a big tinkerer. Grand, Grandpa? Grandpa was a big tinkerer. He was. Yeah, yeah. I love tinkerers. I don't. I don't know many. But I, I know. Love them. I, I'm trying to carry on the legacy, mm-hmm. and then have a little place where you can tinker. What's your hobby? What do you? What do you? What do you like to tinker with? Uh, I like to fix all my broken stuff. That's. The- <laughs> So you just collect broken stuff then? <laughs> it's broken when I get it. And then I try to make it better. And, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Oh, man, the motorcycle's not here. It's outside. I rode it today. Uh, but but that thing. Uh, got it re- fired up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, man. That thing was in a barn. My buddy Jack Parker, do you know him? No, I don't. Yeah, he's a he's a stills photographer. But he uh, he had that bike in his shop. And we got that thing smoking hot. That thing runs like you wouldn't believe. And it was dead. Yeah, it was dead. Been in a barn ten years, and till you tear it down Alcoa Highway. I try not to get on Alcoa Highway, oh, just because of kids. It's such a it's such a thrill. <laughs> I bet it is. It's a thrill. <laughs> Do you have? Are you a motorcycle guy? No, I'm not. I just wade in the traffic, and you know, without a car, I just jump in, and I'm like, oh man, let's see if I can do this, and I. Um, <laughs> Yeah, definitely a thrill. <laughs> it's it's a tough one. It's yeah. a tough one crossing out. Yeah, it's been nice with uh, the the uh, lack of traffic on the road. Very few yeah. cars on the road. It's been like I I have to drink coffee now before <laughs> I drive because I, I don't get that uh, initial like adrenaline jolt of trying to turn left across out yeah. <laughs> first thing. In the well, morning. you know what? Uh, what blows my mind is how close we live to each other. That's nuts. We're in the same neighborhood, pretty much, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, we're on a little peninsula. Yes. Uh, you know, or an isthmus. I can't remember if it's a peninsula or an isthmus. It's one of those. It's Mike Tyson the isthmus. I'm pretty sure it's one of those. But yeah, I'm just, down, I'm just uh, you know, just a couple minutes away. That's crazy. When, when I texted you my address and you texted me yours, I was like, you got to be kidding me. We've been neighbors this whole time. We had no idea. I know. I know. I know. I've seen some foxes around your yard. Mm, yeah. There's foxes all there's over There's a here. sound uh, that comes, uh, we may hear it tonight, but there's a sound in the that comes from deep mm. in the woods that I have suspicions that it's a fox. Mm. I don't know. It could be uh, a dying bird or, or something, <laughs> a, a really big there, something. This There are a lot of crazy sounds out here. Like, mm-hmm. I've heard some crazy, yes. crazy shit. Like, yes. Uh, I just have not had a lot of experience with uh, coyotes in the middle yeah. of the night. And I'm sure there's like everybody could relate to this or maybe you can't. But if you've never heard coyotes at three 
oh God, bone chilling, middle of the night. All of a sudden, there is this echo of the craziest howling as if there's like just a screaming crazy party. And it just like, if you were inside the circle of that pack as an animal, you would just get so dazed by the insanity of the screaming. And then all of a sudden, it gets quiet. (laughs) And you're like, oh. I think that animal is super dead now. Really? Okay. Yeah, it's super sad. I'd say, yeah, that is sad. Anyway, I know that's part of the life. You know, that's how it goes. Yeah, it's a life cycle around here. I have some friends like that. I mean, that's just like, <laughs> oh, God. Are you sure they're coyotes? Hmm? I haven't checked under the hood, but yeah. <laughs> it's wooded, man. It's yeah. wooded around here. You got all kinds of So crazy this is bits. called South of Scruffy because... Yeah. I mean, we kind of are south of the Scruffy City. Where we are right now, physically right yeah, now. We're yeah, a little south. Yeah, we are a little bit south. But yeah. also, like, uh, I, I thought that I wanted the show to be, you know, a little bit Scruffy, but maybe even mm-hmm. a little south of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so yes. scruffier than that. Yes. Scruffier. 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 Yeah. You know, I've always kind of cracked up about um, that word. And I remember talking to Scott West a long time ago and he and I were on opposite sides of the fence. He really, really wanted to call it scruffy city. And I really did not, yeah. I did not want to call it scruffy city. Yeah. And, uh, we, we, we argued over that back and forth, uh, you know, in, in quips and, you know, yeah. just like, uh, I secretly really didn't want to do it. And it wasn't like his, it wasn't, he didn't make it. He just really did a great job. Right. Was life. it an art? It was an article. Uh, in- well, man, I mean, he just like, I mean, I feel like Scott is just the fantastic representation of, of a scruffy citizen here. You know, certainly he's is. just fantastic. He and Bernadette are just uh, amazing, yeah. amazing people. But, you know, um, you guys couldn't agree on it. Well, it, you know, honestly, it wasn't like that formal about it. This was me. See, I, we never talked about it. it just Wait, it was secretly, an argument you had yeah, in your head? It was only in my head. Like I secretly was like, no way, Scott, we're not doing scruffy. But the thing is, is it was, it was at a time where I think, you know, Knoxville's always shifting its identity. Sure. And it always ebbs and flows based on who's here, who's shaping it, yeah. you know, who's, who's doing what. And um, I always kept hearing a lot about like, well, Knoxville just doesn't have an identity. It's just not a thing. Yeah. Like we didn't have an aquarium and we didn't have country yeah. music hanging out. And I mean, at one point we just called our ourselves the gateway to the Smokies and just forgot all about the fact that we were, yeah. you know, I mean, the, a great city. Yeah. A, lo- a lot of people, I mean, outside of the university, like there's really, it's hard to find a, an identity for this, for this city. And the thing is, is it's been made for us, you yeah. know, it's been shaped for us. Yeah. And now it's our turn to just kind of, you know, screw it up as best we can. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, Just drive through all the construction on the highway. That's all you got to do is just be a good Knoxvillian. Yeah. Well, man, um, you were, I told you, you were on my, my short list of people to, to have in and come in just because I don't even know how we met or how we came across each other. Probably a bar. Probably so. (laughs) But I've, I've just always felt like you have really championed and also um, exemplified the art scene that we have going on here. And you've done it in a lot of different ways, but what are you, what are you doing now? Like, I, I know, I know how you got here a little bit, I think, but like, what's your, what's your contribution now? You know what? I think that's a pretty long answer to be quite honest. And it's just, we got all the time in the well, world. Yeah. You know, I, this is a, this is a huge topic now that I think about it. Um, art is kind of at least one half of me. Yeah. You know, if not 100%. Um, I grew up 
you know, being ra- I was raised in the arts. Like there was just no chance <laughs> that, that somehow I wouldn't keep it a part of, of life. You weren't going to be an engineer. Yeah. But you know what? I think probably like a lot of us, we, you know, you think that, man, I, you know, going into the arts doesn't really seem to be profitable. Yeah. You know, it's a hard living. Not it's a at hard first life. glance. At first blush, it looks like a really hard way to make a living. Yeah. And so I always felt like, I was like, I got to kind of buckle down and I kind of yeah. get my, you know, get my business head on, you mm-hmm. know, trying to, trying to see what kind of person, what kind of career can I make? And quite frankly, you know, I was in the restaurant business for, you know, 15, 16 Yeah. 17 years. I was too. It's Man, a great way to make a living. Great way you to make so a many people. So, so, so fun. So, mm-hmm. so many connections that you get to make. Yeah. Um, lots of late nights. Yes. You yeah. Know. You get kind of a front row seat to the, to the entertainment well, arts world that's going to, on. I have to say, I think that in a lot of ways as becoming an adult, this is because I worked in all these restaurants. One of the, my guilty pleasures at 20 years old at Regis. Oh, wow. I actually was 20 years old. I'm sorry. 20 at Amsterdam cafe in the old city. I don't even know about Amsterdam cafe. I would love for anybody to talk to Where me was about that? Amsterdam cafe. Where Hannah's is in the old city okay. now. Was and, it down there uh, during like the Hoorays days? Yes, and... we were next door to Hoorays. Okay, gotcha. And at the time, it was 95. This is the 1900s. <laughs> and La- Last millennium. Yeah, but it was a really interesting time. 1995, we opened Amsterdam Cafe on the corner there of Jackson and Central. And yeah. We actually, that big beautiful, really interesting metal yeah. patio. Yeah. We built that. I say we, uh, the owners, uh, Mike and Mark Verzosa, what, what, uh, <laughs> to my guys out there, they had this really great vision. Mark was an architect and Mike was, uh, just a great business guy and just super charismatic. Anyway, long story short, we had bands every night, you know, I was 20 years old going to UT and, and, uh, we, we had people hanging out the doors. Just at Amsterdam Cafe. At Amsterdam Cafe. Late, late night style, yeah. like till two, three we had in the morning. 40 ounces of funk on Tuesday nights with John Haas. It was late, a college kids Wonderful coming? John Haas. Oh man, it was just, a, it was, we danced. We had a hundred and something beers in a bottle. <laughs> Travis Weirich and uh, Doug yeah. Shock. Yeah. Travis and Doug came yeah. and played. We had the boogeyman. We Wait, had, did they have a band together? Oh yeah, there was just the duo. I mean, they had the Sage, of course. You know, yeah, you know, hallowed, hallowed ground of Knoxville. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, uh, Doug and Travis, Travis and Doug. I can't remember. They'll have to remind me how they <laughs> who went first. But all that said, tons of music, tons of music, tons of Knoxville music. Yeah, tons of young Knoxville music. Yeah, and then after that closed, I got to go and I I found a way to work at Regis, which I was just in in ninety. Seven is when yeah. we closed Amsterdam Cafe, which is Gay and Depot, right? Yeah, it yeah. was uh, how it was hallowed ground for um, the restaurant industry. Absolutely, industry. yeah. They that that sprung up many offshoots. Um, you know what wasn't the whole uh, Riverside Tavern, mm-hmm. Lakeside Tavern, yeah, all the Harry's, taverns, Riverside Tavern. Yeah, well, yeah, Grady's. They, that started getting built after yeah. you know um, right around this time. And um, Bill Regis is a really important part of our town. I feel like I, I couldn't agree with you more. I could not agree with you more. Yeah. In fact, I could do a whole podcast mm-hmm. on on Bill Regis and uh, what a fantastic. Is he still around? As far as I know, yeah. I, I've seen him several times and yeah. he is, gosh, I swear, he is just as warm as the day I met him, as the day he met thousands and thousands. I guarantee you he still remembers your name. I know he does. Yeah. I know he does. You yeah. know what I love about Bill Regis? Just real quick, but he's important. His hand 
is in the shape of a handshake. <laughs> it, it, at all times. It's, it, it's, made, it's, it's literally been formed yeah. that way over years. It's just, and he's, he's just the warmest guy. He is. When I started working at Regis, I started at the ground, you know, at the, I just got, I got in and I was like bussing tables as quick as I could and, um, found a way to kind of get onto the server side. Mm -hmm. Once I made, once I was a server, I was like, man, oh my gosh, I'm wearing a bow tie to work every day. You know, I'm like, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Keys of the kingdom. Yeah. And after a little while, like I, I, I had a great, there was a great group of friends uh, that, that came out of that. But I, I got asked if I wanted to, to manage the bar. At Regis? At Regis. You got to bar manage at yeah. Regis? I was 20 years old. That's like the, that's the top of the food and beverage was, industry yeah, well, in Knoxville I, at the time. I definitely felt that way. And really? so, um, you know, when Lots I- Lots of pride? Yeah. Well, a lot, I was intimidated um, in a lot of ways because there was a, a 300 bottle wine list that oh, I had yeah. to keep up Did with. Did you get your wine knowledge boned up or- Oh, yeah. it began. Yeah. Oh, all these reps came in sampling me on stuff. Yeah. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Sure. all right. There's the opportunity to to now work at Regis, and their bar area is called the Gathering Place. I'm a college kid. Um, I started making a lot of friends at Amsterdam Cafe that were in the music side of things, jazz specifically. Number one, this was after Regis. You went, yeah, Amsterdam, Amsterdam Cafe then Regis. Okay, gotcha. Oh, before. Okay, yeah. Um, Donald Brown. Who's that? Oh, there's a whole podcast just on Donald Brown. <laughs> Donald Brown is uh, is jazz royalty. There's like literally no other way Local to guy? put it. Oh yeah, like yeah. he he in fact he just retired from UT. I can't believe I don't know him. He is. Or I've heard of him. He's um he's a giant. He's a giant. Yeah, he's a giant. And uh, his sons are just um, impeccable, uh, flourishing, curious musicians, and it's just awesome. so evident. Anyway. Donald played every Saturday night at Regis. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Now this is answering, still, I'm still trying to answer the art question. Yeah. Okay? That's fine. So I told you, gotta, you we got all night. You got to tell me if we need to cut off. No, no, it's no. A long story. Keep going. It's a long I love it. Donald Brown. I was bar managing now. So now every shift that I got to work, I was now listening to Donald. Wow. He was playing solo piano in the gathering place. You were hearing world-class jazz. Wor yeah. Every Saturday night. Like, dude, I can't, I wish I could record, have recorded every single really? one. Anyway, we, we formed a, a great friendship early on in that I was the bartender. When <laughs> what did he drink? But I'll tell you exactly what he drank. <laughs> this is my impression of Donald Brown, um, back in, uh, 1998. The year 99. of our Lord. Yeah. The year of our Lord. <laughs> he comes up to me and he soon comes in and he goes, and Donald, I hope you hear this. He goes, <laughs> he goes. Hey Brett, can I get a can I get a, a cranberry and orange juice? <laughs> and I would absolutely, yeah, I would get you a cranberry, cranberry and orange juice, juice and orange juice together. Yeah. Killer, yeah, killer, yeah. And, and um, I was like, yeah, man, I and knew, you know, I of course, good bartender, yeah, right. You know, you know exactly what he's gonna have when he comes back. He didn't and even have to ask. Anyway, listen, I'm telling you, that guy, and uh, there's just a. There's Ben, I'm telling you, there's a whole podcast on Knoxville jazz. This one of the greatest Knoxville stories is our jazz, jazz, uh, jazz scene. All that said, music, 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 Knoxville music, musicians, guys that were coming out of the UT jazz school. Yeah. I've had a couple of them on the show. I mean, I can't say enough about all the people that I've ever met who've gone through that program. There's just a, a um, 
a, a, a brotherhood and a sisterhood um, among musicians. Um, and there are so many that are very much still living here. In they come Knoxville. here and they stay. You know, they're raising their families. Here. Yes, <laughs> that's what makes Knoxville the best jazz city in the world. Yes, it's so rich. So um, I started booking those guys when I was 20, 21 years old uh, for shows, promoting shows. Yeah, we we booked. So we we started a kind of like a college night at Regus. Okay, like on a Wednesday night, and I I, I think I got us to do like ten dollar bottles of wine. So or you started crazy. promoting a little bit. Oh yeah, but that's but it, awesome. it really was making an impact. From there on. You know, to make a long story longer, <laughs> music and booking music it made me feel really connected to the theater, which is kind of part of my childhood. Yeah. Um, was what kind theater. of theater? Like, like um, acting and all yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, lots of acting. And I will say- Well, it's the performance, right? Like the, there's nobody in the theater and then the performer comes and all the people come to the theater and then they all go away. You life, know? life is theater. <laughs> and uh, I, my, I'm really like, you know- um, they're quite they're quite on the surface but my my parents my late parents are are um you know i they instilled in me so wonderfully this great appreciation for the arts and the arts in us my dad was a a a music teacher an art teacher yeah amazing i can't i can't begin around chattanooga we grew up in chattanooga oh yeah that's right up in chattanooga cool was he one of the private schools down there or he was a t he eventually taught at red bank and then oh uh, cool daisy elementary and saudi yeah anyway so it was in your blood a little bit uh, yeah a lot of it um (laughs) my mom and dad both were classical Singers. What was mom? mom? Mom was a singer. Mom was a gorgeous singer, um, a soprano, um, and I could pick her voice out of really? you know a, a fifty-person choir. Really, like in an instant. Oh God, yeah, that's amazing. Find her right there on the top. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> and my dad, uh, my dad passed away last year. I'm sorry, man. And uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's 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 been one of the most beautiful moments of my life. Um, kind of serving him in his you know last days. Yeah. Um, last weeks and last months and um, serving him like as he as he kind of transitioned to pass away. Did you um, guys have a good deal going up up to that? Oh, man. The, really like a, an idyllic father son relationship going on. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's funny. I um, I got I, I've always felt the kind of need and not to not to go here and in, in, in the discussion. But that's OK. Um, if I'm to answer the question that you've, you've posed here, um, it all, it all starts with, with them, um, Kim and Cindy, uh, it's a, it's a, it's, it's stirring me a lot and I could, I could go into a a billion areas, but they, they, they raised my brother and my sister and I on this steady diet of this sort of music that uh, I've just kind of grown to love. Um, lots of old songs, mm-hmm. lots of old kind songs. Of stuff. Cole Porter, Gershwin, mm-hmm. um, wow. you know, old show tunes. So we were yeah. involved in a lot of musical theater. Ah, oh, good. So we put on lots of shows. Yeah. And that did you do was, the stuff at home. Did you go, were you guys performing growing up for yeah. the parents and all that? No, we were all performing as a family. Really? <laughs> we went on to the local NBC <laughs> station for Christmas. In Chattanooga? In Chattanooga <laughs> at like 6 a.m. in the morning. Oh, my God. 6 a.m. And uh, we were singing Christmas uh, carols, acapella. Uh, the Thompson family. They called us the Von Thompsons. It was great. <laughs> it was great. 
It's great. And we sang four part harmony in the car, you know, really? that's, that was, that was life. Yeah. Dude, that's so great. Yeah. So I've got some really warm memories with my brother and my sister, they are made of arts. Um, we're all made of art in so many different ways. Um, but they, they, they taught me that staying close to the performer, um, keeping performance around, mm-hmm. even you, though you might be running a restaurant, yeah, having these artists around. Mm-hmm. And I would say, this is my, my my heartfelt feeling is that um artists are essential absolutely and and even if you yourself um even if you yourself don't feel like you're making the art that needs to be taken up if you can enable artists to be able to make great art that can be taken up then you are just as important as the artist who's making it totally and i feel like that's what you've kind of found a knack for a little bit. Well, this isn't probably the, one of the most exciting conversations for me because um, it's really affected everything that I've really ever done. Like till today, it's, it's, it's affected me. So um, I'm really proud to be like serving the community in a yeah. few different ways. I'm on the Dogwood Arts uh, board. Awesome. Um, and I've been involved with Dogwood Arts for about 10 years. That's and, great. Um, now I'm in a, in great. a great position where I can help support and share all the initiatives that 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 organization is doing, and sure. I've just made so many great friends. Um, That's an important part of what we got going on here. This is Dogwood Arts. You don't you don't realize all the work that that um, that Dogwood does in this in the community, and so I'm I'm very passionate about it. It, it takes a village, and it mm-hmm. takes a lot of people who are super fired up about it, which there are many. There's a ton, man. It's amazing yeah. to see. And, you know, legacy rhythm and blooms type deal. You would see them all just come out of the woodwork, yeah. and you're like, I had yeah. no idea you were so passionate about this yeah. thing. Let me tell you, it, it, it to, to, to make big things happen, it takes a village, and you're lucky if you can work with lots of different villages. Yeah. But the village of, of Dogwood Arts is really special, and – um it's been it's been uh, pulled through the decades uh, to be something that uh, still celebrates the beauty of East Tennessee. It's, yeah, it's, it's really in the beauty in the arts. So, what happened this year with Dogwood Arts? Um, the, I mean, the kind of shutdown kind of started right around Dogwood Arts time. So, you know, a lot of it's driving the trail. A lot of it's you know festivals yeah. downtown and all that. So, how did they kind of weather the storm? Yeah, how did you guys weather an, the storm with that? It's kind of been an, an interesting year. Um, we had put together a, a different festival this year called Southern Skies, and a music that, festival. Yeah, Southern okay. Skies, um, and that was gonna that was gonna happen in May, which would have happened. Gosh, what's today? Uh, May May seventh. Yeah, it's supposed to happen yeah. on May sixteenth. Great lineup. Yeah, great lineup. They were already we already on on sale with uh, with tickets, um, but you know due to coronavirus had to yeah. cancel that. Um, the the first year, huh? Yeah, but I, but I think you know the Dogwood team is uh, really focused on on really kind of building out the calendar year. You know, yeah. um, so it's not just a, a, a it's not just a spring thing. It's not just when the stuff's blooming. That, yeah. that Dogwood's doing it. It's year round. Yeah, special group there. Um, you know, another big way that I've been um, active in uh, Knoxville is the Maker City. Um, yeah, I've heard about that. What's that? What's the Maker City all about? Maker City is um, started, I want to say now, it's probably been about five years ago. Uh, the mayor, Madeline Rojero, put together, I, I, I hope I'm, I'm not uh, saying this incorrectly, but as I understand it, kind of uh, created a, a Mayor's Maker Council to mm-hmm. kind of help um, develop um, Knoxville. So like to celebrate the people who are, who are artists and creators or. Well, I'll tell you what happened is that Etsy named Knoxville, um, the first official maker city. Hmm. 
Okay. Here's an Etsy, Etsy designation. Yeah, there's a yeah. It, so Knoxville is named the Maker City, and that's a that's a huge thing. What why do you, why what do you was do that? With that? Uh, I think because of all of the the, the uh, craftspeople that yeah. are in this area, that um, you know, it certainly extends beyond just Knoxville proper. But this is an yeah. area of great great wealth. When so, it comes so Knoxville to, was punching above its weight as far as making oh, yeah. as far as make, makers yeah, were concerned. But it was really time to kind of crystallize that, and so yeah. the mayor created the maker. Um, council. And um, I was part of the the beginning maker council. And there were several people who were, uh, um, you know, very, very involved prior to, to me joining up. I joined up because they asked me to MC uh, the summit. Yeah. And I was like, man, absolutely. So I jumped on and it kind of just became a passion project. So again, the, the arts are that's how I've kind of served um, Knoxville is I keep pushing the arts. Yeah. Well, you've done it in so many different ways. And I've seen you, in, you know, MC at Rhythm and Blooms. I've, I've seen you uh, with the Maker City stuff too. And you always just kind of seem like almost this beacon of like – of cool shit that's going on. If, if Brent Thompson's there, it, it's it's <laughs> well, it's some cool, cool stuff happening. Well, you know, I, like, I, I'm just I, – I think at the end of the day, um, I'm a cheerleader – uh, for what we're, what we're, what we're making. And like here. I said, that's what it takes, man. If, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you're, if you're not the, the world-class guitar player, the singer, the, if you're not the Eric Baker, who's out there writing these amazing songs, you need somebody to cheerlead and get you out there yeah. and get you, you know, doing it. And, and uh, to me, that's a very important part of it. Yeah. You know? Well, and, and you know, if you go to a Knoxville show, and this is what I love about Knoxville. And, um, you know, a lot of times it's, it's, uh, there are many musicians, local musicians in the audience who are su- supportive of their yeah. brothers and sisters who yeah. are playing. And like that to me is like, it's been that way for a long time. Yeah. That's really cool. It's really So special. how'd you get to Knoxville? You said you grew up in Chattanooga. You have both parents and a brother and sister, you said? Yeah, you're doing great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly, Kelly and Alex are my brother and sister. You go to high, high school in, in, uh, yeah. in Chattanooga? Yeah, Red Bank. Where, where do you fall in the, uh, in the brother, in the birth order? I'm the oldest. You're the oldest? Yep. Yeah. So two younger brother, younger sister? Yeah. And uh, yeah, Kelly Kelly is uh, four years behind me and Alex is 13 years behind oh, me. Oh, damn. So there's a huge gap. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Alex is down in Chattanooga still. Kelly is up here with her family. Oh, um, cool. Your parents moved up here, moved you guys up here? Uh, honestly, I came up here for college in, oh, cool. in uh, the early 1900s, as I mentioned earlier. Um, that was, the late believe, 1900s. That was 1994, I believe. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I came up here for college. What'd you um, do in college? What'd you study? I, you know, I probably like a lot of people, I, I spent probably the first year or two- Studying drinking? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that's what you were supposed to do. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It was that handbook that was given to me. Um, I think I sorted out the curriculum in about a semester. I think I, I think yeah. I got all the way through it. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, um, UT was, uh, it was a, it was a good time. Yeah. I mean, enough for you to stay, right? I yeah. mean, so many people come and stay. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it's a great place. Yeah. Um, my um, so I came up here to, to school and I, I started in '94 and I was here till about 2000, <laughs> and then um, and then I went back to Chattanooga to try some. I started getting into opening businesses. I cool. really really got into that, and I've I've I think I've last time I counted, I'm like I've nine or ten startups. Like nice. it's kind of become my thing. I love yeah. it. Um, but uh, I've just had a lot of fun meeting people and making things grow. Yeah. You know, and anytime you can weave the arts in that is fantastic. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a great uh, kind of synergy that the arts provides to no matter what you put into it, no matter what you pair it with. Well, you, we were like talking the about the authenticity of where you live, and I think there's nothing more more authentic than the poet, you know, who who is uh, who's who's writing right now in her bedroom. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think that we there are poets all over the world. There are artists right now that are not calling themselves artists, and there are singers who aren't calling themselves mm-hmm. singers. Um, and, um, the thing is, is, is we are all of those things, you know, uh, I, I try to kind of self-actualize at times and kind of remind like you are an artist, you are a singer, you, this is what you do. Mm-hmm. This is what you do. I, I had some, a vocal student, um, I, I taught vocals, I just got a weird random time and I was teaching somebody like uh, singing. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. I was teaching. Yeah. <laughs> so I sing. I don't know if you know that. Uh, I, I knew that you were a bit of a, yeah. a, a I knew that you were a musician. Yeah. I'm a, so a singer. I knew you were a serial artist. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. Well, I just love singing. Um, but um, yeah, so I decided to teach uh, vocal lessons um, one summer. And was uh, this in college or? After? No, actually up at, um, it was after uh, 11 o'clock rock and Knox Ivy had closed. Yeah, yeah, I want to get into that. Had a too. weird, yeah. had a had an interesting summer trying to figure out what what to do next. Gotcha. Um, anyway, to, to, to finish that story, um, I had this 16-year-old student. I think her name was Chloe. And she, she came in and her mom came into her vocal lesson with her. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and uh, they, she said, is it okay if I sit in here too? And <laughs> as long as you behave mind, yourself, yeah, mom. Keep in mind, I had never yeah. taught students before. Yeah, you didn't, know the, you didn't know the ropes. I didn't even know what I was going to do that day, like <laughs> 10 minutes before we started the, the lesson. But it was about finding the confidence in yourself. Gotcha. This is really what the study is, is, yeah. is having the confidence to- Less about the chops and more about just knowing you can do it. The chops will come. Yeah. The, the, everything is rooted in the confidence of self. Sure. Um, anyway, Chloe came in one day with her mom. She had this really beautiful voice, that, you know, just trying to kind of figure out how to use it. And um, she brought in this, like, she said, I brought something. I'm like, oh, cool. You brought something to a music Chloe class. Chloe said this, this or her yeah. mom said yeah. it? Yeah, Chloe brings it in. And she goes, it's my, my vision board. And oh, that's she, cool. She had a plan. She had 16 year old kids. <laughs> she had a vision board. And this is what I love. She'd cut out all these things out of magazines that inspired her words, all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, man, I didn't do this when I was 16. <laughs> I was really, I was or really 26. Impressed. Yeah. Or... And so I'm just kind of, I was gawking at this thing. I'm like, wow. Right in the middle of that, the whole collage was this one picture of a single woman on stage singing in front of this pretty large audience. Yeah. And she pointed in the middle of that. She said, that's me. Really? And I was like, and this is, yeah, I was like, man, kind of blowing my mind. Yeah. And she said, when I get to be a singer, then I'll be able to do that. So that's why I'm here to do the lessons. (laughs) What'd you tell her? And I'm like, oh, (laughs) I was like, hold up. I was like, Chloe, I got to tell you something right now. I was like, and I looked her straight in the eye. And I said, Chloe, you are a singer. You're a singer, right? Yeah, you, don't have, you don't have to wait for that. Yeah. I, like, we're not going to get to the end of this. Yeah. And I'm not going to give you a certificate that says, congratulations, you're now a singer. Like, right. you're a singer now. So you begin the belief in that in that moment. And um, you could see kind of the way she started changing hearing this. And, and Did her um, confidence just boost up? Yeah. And I, I said, go, so go tell your friends, that's what you do. 
go tell your friends that's what you are. This yeah. is what you're passionate about. If you feel yeah. that, if you feel that, I believe that you are that sure. in a lot of ways. I mean, so um, that that stuck with me as a story about. Is that a big as big of a moment for you as it was for Chloe? Well, it was because I I was like, oh man, did I help? Did did we do something? <laughs> did I just here? change I someone's life? Yeah, this is a, <laughs> you know unscripted moment to try to remember, but yeah, but I think it made a, an impact on her. I try to say the things that you know, I'd like, I need to hear. Yeah. I, I know that yeah. feeling I, is, is digging back and, and looking at the, looking at you and, and, and how you got to where you are and saying, what were those little moments that just, what are those little butterfly effect moments that happened to me that were right? And what mm-hmm. were the ones that were wrong? And what, mm-hmm. and, and what could I have taken at that moment that would have sent me in the right direction or just uh, things have impact, mm-hmm. especially with young people. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it, it, in a mentorship role as you were in at that, at that point too, I mean, there's, there's a lot of responsibility that's almost scary right then, because you could say some, something that could run her off and change her life, you know, altogether, mm-hmm. get her out of the business altogether. Yeah. Say, Chloe, you can't sing. You're never going to be a singer. And that could have changed her life just as much as what you said. Ben, let me tell you. So I've got a lot of thoughts on this. And so if you're listening right now, I want you to listen to the sound of my voice. Okay. Listen. So maybe somewhere along the way, when you were younger, you sang, you sang, something came out of your face and it was a sound. And somebody said, oh, maybe you shouldn't sing. I'm like, ooh, that doesn't sound good. Ugh. And in that moment, I think for every single person that's ever like, if you were ever told that, you tended to start right then suppressing sure. your, the idea that you could I'll actually buy that, sing 100%. out loud. Yeah. And you can. You know, some, I've had people all my life say, well, you, you, you got the natural gene and I won't disagree, but I really truly, and it might be seeing my dad educate and teach. Yeah. He really, he taught kids. He, he really taught them that they, like, they can do this, but it starts with this sort of sense of confidence in yourself. So all I'm saying to you back, I'm coming back, I'm coming back to you guys. <laughs> Listen to me. You are a singer. You really are a singer. Don't, don't just, don't just blow that off. You really are a singer. It doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be any of that. It just has to be you. Like, so sing loud, sing super, super, super loud. Don't apologize for it. Like that to me is the art in every single one of us. Yeah. And there's so many, there's so many people who discourage folks out there the the same way that you encourage encouraging people right now like the world will sort out if they're good or not you know or if if, you know what i mean ben what is good what is bad i'm with you and i think i think i am completely guilty of this like we we create this construct of what we think is like the you know good in the world and what how we should achieve it and what is bad in the world and how we should avoid it. And there is, I think we would all agree, a ton of pressure to to live live that live that way if you let yeah. it. If yeah. you let it. I'm guilty of it. I can feel I, am too. I can feel the pressure of the world right now. I am too. Can you? Yeah. Well, even with this podcast. Yeah. Like I, I get I get criticism about it all the time, positive and not and and not positive. And and I have a lot of pressure on me to make it shape the way that I do it. And I have to fight hard to not, to not let it. And I think that any, any kind of person who's making something is going to come up against that and, and what you're doing and what you're, and, 
and and what is the true core of what you're making is going to win out mm-hmm. um, if you shut out the noise. Yeah, it's it's straight at your heart. Yeah, it's straight it's straight in there. So that in the the voice too, like the voice is the only one that you've got, right? So if somebody you're talking about your physical voice, yeah, if somebody yeah. comes to you and they, but what it's also your your overall voice in life, if you think about it, you know, if you're afraid to emit a sound. Mm-hmm. Then how? Who knows how that affects all the things that that you could or couldn't do? Sure, you know, and I, and so I've I've learned this that I'm by no means have it you know under control, but I really do feel that sort of kind of uh, connection to it all. What do you mean connection to what? Um, you know, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I I, I don't I don't want to go too far down a rabbit hole. I, I think I've kind of I've kind of you know, um said as much as I can, I can think on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, but when you say voice, do you mean, do you mean a, a metaphorical voice? Do you mean, or, or do you mean, a, you know, the physical waves coming I, out of your think mouth, it's, I the think disruption it's of air? It comes back to this. Our voice is the most vulnerable part of us. Feel that? Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> our voice is, our, our, our voice like lets people know in so many ways what these, these sort of deeper meanings but it also is this expression of the lungs it's it's you know when you sing it's this like body experience where you're you're actually you're you're there's a physical activity to it yeah it's an expression of energy right yeah and i've seen people who blow me away with their voice and i i I guess my it's kind of my study of the voice is kind of seeing these levels of confidence with what i hear um and um it's not not everything is confidence there's a thousand a million emotions to us. Yeah. But the voice is, is, is the only one that you've got. So I say, be proud of it and sure. own it, you know, own it. Have you ever lost your voice before? Yes. How helpless do you feel? You know, <laughs> when you, <laughs> that in your breath, like if, if, if you have trouble breathing or if you have trouble talking, mm-hmm. it's like, I, I feel like, Oh my God, nothing else matters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the most helpless I've ever felt in my life. I, but that's just to prove the, prove your point, like how important that is. It's powerful. And I think it speaks to our times too. I mean, your voice, you know, what you choose to to stand up for, what you choose mm-hmm. to kind of fight for, I think is a really powerful yeah. thing. I don't know how we got there. That's probably I don't either. My, my fault. So but. you're UT. <laughs> <laughs> hey, is there another beer here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's one right there. Yeah, that's very convenient. Ah, Thank perfect. You. So, so you're UT and at some point you get to Knox Ivy. What was that? What that's oh. where I started to, that's where I started to take notice of Mr. Brent Thompson was it was in Knox Ivy days. So there's some time in there, maybe a, a less than a decade, a decade, some, something like that. You know, honestly, it's about 10 years ago. Was it? Um, How'd that happen from like, from the restaurant world to getting, to getting to being an on-air television personality? But what, what, how do you do that? Well, I, um, <laughs> I, the last restaurant gig that I had, um, I, was the director of operations for um, Cafe Four and the Square Room yeah. opening? Yeah, and they have a uh, the Square Room is um, is a concert venue that was behind mm-hmm. Cafe yeah. Four, and that was a Clanaris family who's Kalamata Kitchen and all that stuff yeah, from so, way back. Yeah, so I worked with them for a little bit and um, was just kind of done. I kind of felt like that had kind of fried me pretty good. The and restaurant it, part, yeah, it made me yeah. kind of put a nail in the coffin to. Um, you know, being in, in one place and serving, yeah. you know, serving people in this sort of one place. Yeah. Were you, were you involved in the square room with booking or anything like that? Uh, yeah. Um, okay. I got to, um, 
I guess we all kind of work together. Ben Bannister was the guy who was booking um, music there. Really great guy. Um, I know that and, name. Yeah. He's a he, church guy, right? He, certainly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, he's- um, Isn't he like a minister or something like that? You know, I don't know. I don't I know thought, if, I, if I thought that's is, how I know the name. I could be wrong. Fact check. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really smart guy. Yeah. Um, and was really connected and made some really amazing shows happen um, there in the square room. Anyway, um, Knox Ivy. Um, I got an opportunity to interview as these um, two people were um, creating the business. This was their business. And I believe I was like maybe the second or third hire as they were trying what to What kind of business were they building. trying to make? So Knox Ivy is a internet was was called an internet broadcasting company. Which was early for that kind of stuff, right? I mean yeah. Facebook Live was not a thing. No. I mean live live broadcasting stuff was not a prosumer or let's a consumer it, type let's thing. Let's put it this way. I think when we were doing that it, YouTube was maybe four or five years old. Like yeah. you know, where it was really starting to get used yeah. and Social was just becoming kind of a thing. People more yeah. were really kind of jumping. Facebook on. was creeping outside of just colleges and starting yeah. to become something that was. MySpace was dead, and right. people were using Facebook to communicate and right, right, get right. their voice out. Um, anyway, it was a pretty ambitious idea. It was it was intended to be you know streaming um, you know content, um, some of it live. There was mm-hmm. a live component. Um, and, uh, and then some of it could be, you know, archived. And so we would develop, um, programming for individuals. I, I, I kind of developed those possible shows. Like I remember there was a guy who was like a, an accountant and he really wanted to develop a, a show that kind of walked you through, you know, things Quick that you books. needed to know for accounting. Yeah. I and mean, <laughs> I was like, cool. Like, but he wanted to invest in his business. And yeah. so let's make a series. And okay. So you guys were, you guys made, um, original content. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, anyway, on top of the live streaming type stuff, yeah. So, you know, I could go on about that, but, uh, the kind of the flagship of what, of what Knox Ivy was, is we needed to show people what was possible. What your, what the capabilities of the company were. So, um, uh, the owners said to me that, Hey, we need to, we need to kind of brainstorm. What could we, what could we do? Well, at that particular time, I was definitely very connected to, and, and still um, am in some ways, uh, WDVX. You yeah. Know, um, certainly a, a huge love for um, everything that they do as a, sure. as a radio station. But of course they have the blue plate special every day at noon. Yeah. So um, I thought that if we were, and, and that's live streaming to, the, the radio, the world. yeah, yeah, to the radio and and they internet they radio butted their online services at that point. We thought, why don't we make an hour earlier um, with the so same programming? To, yeah, eleven to twelve before Blue Plate Special, and so my idea was to try to create a two-hour live connection to yeah. Knoxville. Okay, because I that's what that's what WDVX did. They created a live connection to yeah. Knoxville. Blue Plate Special is special. It is. It yeah yeah. So, and so you were trying to get. Trying to open for them. Yeah, but we were going to do video. And Ah, so in our sense, we now had an opportunity to do a live on-camera show. Yeah. So we came came up with the name 11 O'Clock Rock. Yeah. And and then I got introduced to um, Lauren Lazarus and they, (laughs) the owners had met her on a, on a plane and no way. Just like by chance. Yeah. And I, I think, and, and Lauren, you have to correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that's how the story went. And they were really excited to introduce her to me. And, um, 
And once I met Lauren, I, I, I think I said, well, I think we're the show. <laughs> I think it's you and me. Yeah. And, and at least on camera. Yeah. Um, so we started and I, I, I've, I, I've got a list of, of friends that I've made out of this because there was, you know, uh, Jesse Green, Roman Karpenick, Steve Hines, Andy Fellew, Rainy Mooney, um, uh, who were all kind of part of Eli Heckmer. Um, and I know I'm going to forget somebody, but, um, all that were really kind of getting that moving. So we started creating a live show every day at 11 AM. That was a different band. It's awesome. Every single day, five days a week. So this is a commitment yeah. of a live show. Absolutely. And then what we decided to do, so those bands would pay, would play six tunes through the course of a live hour. So did you use the same bands that the Blue Plate Special was using or different different acts? We really tried to mix it up because we, yeah, you didn't we could wanna... go all genres, really. Yeah. And, and Blue Plate Special was in the Americana kind of bluegrass. There world. certainly were some that would end up playing because if they came back through, we could get them at another time. So. Oh, gotcha. It was a great opportunity. But you but they never shared you never shared they never went from eleven o'clock rock to a blue plate special and played oh, two hours. Actually that's night. not that is is uh that happened several times. Oh, did it? Yeah. Sometimes, okay. you know, in when you're scheduling live bands on a daily basis, somebody's gotta call and say, Hey, we have a flat and we couldn't make it, but they yeah. call you fifteen minutes before you're supposed to go live. Yeah. So you're yeah. like, Oh crap, can you come over here and do a blue plate special? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, raise your hand if yeah. you've been a musician who's filled in. Sure. I'm pointing to a lot of people who've yeah. done that over time. Um, so, so, so when, uh, after every show, you know, after we turn the mics off, I always ask, um, I always ask the guest, so who should I have on next? Mm. And I had Lauren Lazarus on yeah, and she said she did not blink. She did not breathe. She did not think she said, Brent Thompson is who you should have on. Oh, so man. you guys must've had uh, a really good run together. We really did. I mean, she became a sister to me, um, you know, if you're, if you're going live with someone, you know, on camera, you've got to really have a trust. And especially, have, yeah, I was going to say trust and then chemistry and all that kind of uh, stuff that just, that just has to work. Well, I mean, what it was is instant. It was improv. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we were improvising yeah. literally, you know, the whole show. And the thing is, is we had a team, just a, a great, you know, tech group who is be able, you know, able to switch cameras, run mm -hmm. cameras. We're live streaming a feed. So there's a trust there too, We've right? got graphics, all these things that are laying in. But I have to say that obviously all the music was just like, we did, you know, 500 shows. Um, yeah. When it was all said and done, I think about 600 shows. And that's 600, that's 600 times we did that. Yeah. Um, you start to finish, finish each other's, uh, yeah. sandwiches at that point. <laughs> but, but where I really got, got connected is realizing the opportunity that we had to fill, to fill this time with really good stuff about Knoxville. In the meantime, we could make this kind of a, 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 a PR piece almost for Knoxville. Right. So we started having on. We started doing interviews of all sorts. I mean, all sorts. The artists oh. that came on or just anybody? Well, we certainly interviewed the band, but we had interviews from um, local leaders um, that would come on and we would talk about this or that that may have been happening um, in, in the city. Um, we had lots of nonprofits, lots of nonprofits come on and talk about, you know, here's the event that we're doing this weekend and blah, blah, blah. And here's what our nonprofit's about. Um, we met I have thousands of people that way. And it was all these people who were working their butts off to really make Knoxville a better place. Yeah. But we had we had Polly Shore on. 
Really? <laughs> yeah, we had Polly Shore on. Um, what was he doing in town? He came in for a comedy, uh, a stand-up, a stand-up comedy deal? gig. Yeah, and um, and how'd he, you get him? Just called his no, agent. I have no idea, honestly. He's just walking around Market Square, looking, looking like this. <laughs> well, uh, John Oates of Hall and Oates, um, th- he came. He came on once. We had Sinbad. I skyped with Sinbad. <laughs> Yeah, so who were so those were some of the guests or there Yeah. You guess sounds like you guys got some pretty decent Well, we were trying like hell parts. and we ended up we ended up uh you know, you you get peep things that are that fizzle and other things that are like you know, hey, this is pretty interesting. Yeah, big wins. At the end of the day, we wanted to be the best like Knoxville we could be. That sounds cheesy, but we thought, man, we got news and we hear news, right? Mm-hmm. That's a thing. Yeah. You want to be an alternative. Well, we kind of wanted to be kind of like what I uh, love right now that John Krasinski's done with like uh, some good news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like to me, I love that because how many times like we need that stuff. Yeah. We need arts. We mm-hmm. need, we need. SGN. We need the SGN. Yeah. So we need it. So we, we tried to be that. Um, but the people that I met, dancers, artists, um, I got to interview them all. You know, I got to get into a conversation with them live and just kind of feel the freedom of just throwing the cards up in the air and seeing what happens. And sometimes there's some really weird, uh, really weird stuff that happened. I bet. Was it archived and and recorded and all that? Well, see, that's where the tragedy lies. Oh, wait. There's tragedy? Oh, yeah. In this story? The tragedy is in the the downfall of the whole thing. Uh Uh-oh. What happened? Well... I will preface this by saying that uh, there, <laughs> I got a lot of feelings about this that are still lingering, you know, deep. But um, I, we, it ended poorly um, because despite their good intentions, the owners mismanaged kind of the way that they closed the business. They, hmm. they didn't tell us a lot as the people who were They didn't employed. tell you they were closing? <laughs> yeah. The, the, the hard part is that, you know, I won't go into too much detail, but at the end, at the end, they just, you know, just ran out of money. Couldn't, yeah. couldn't really make payroll. Yeah. The problem was, is they told us to keep going yeah. and the money was right around the corner yeah. and it never came and they just ran. Oh, really? And they just hid. Oh, really? Yeah. And it That's was- That's a bummer. It was, it was hard. I'm sorry, man. Well, it was- you know, if you think about it, I mean, I'm, it's all good. I mean, yeah, it's whatever. Yeah, you're happens. fine. It's yeah, everybody's you. already fine. But there are a lot of people out there who didn't get that like second and third and fourth paycheck, and that's what I was uncool with. Like, you don't do that. Yeah. So that's a bummer. This passion project that would become so 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 much of a part of all of us. We yeah. make tons of connections. Yeah. Bands coming in from Nashville, bands coming in from New York, people coming from all over the world. We had. Tibetan monks that were on our show. I mean, we were, we were anybody who was in town. You were a cultural center. We were making it really happen. So there's a ton of success in something that can look like failure. And it lasted as long as Mm -hmm. it did. Yeah. And, um, uh, quite frankly, I still am, I I haven't been able to shake 11 o'clock rock from my Facebook admin status. Really? I've tried to shut that thing down several (laughs) times. Facebook said, Hey, listen, we're going to shut down your page unless you give it a post or you do something. And I'm like, okay, go ahead. Like I'm good. New phone. Who dis? (laughs) Yeah. But then like a year or two later, they said, Hey, guess, guess what? We're going to, we're going to shut down your page. If you just, if you don't do, 
They never shut that down. It's still tethered to you and you can't, and you can't delete it. Right. Yeah. Anyway, to answer the archive, the question is, is the archive. Yeah. Does all that stuff exist somewhere? Because it feels like it was a million dollar question. Really? Yeah. And there, there are a few people who know where, we think we know where some hard drives are yeah. in some sort of storage ooh, bin. Ooh. And there I are smell a lot an of, investigative journalism are, piece. <laughs> I will say there's, there's probably some money that could be scraped together to fund an investigation to find out where all that is. <laughs> I mean, it's not nothing. It was 500 shows, 600 shows, you said, maybe. A, a lot of, honestly, it was a lot of art. It was a lot of artistry and it was a lot of ridiculousness. And it was a lot of like, what the hell is happening right yeah. now? And it was beautiful. Yeah. It was just beautiful because- uh, it happened. So what? When you found that, like, okay, these guys have skipped out. We and- got our YouTube channel shut down really? because there was nobody there to answer the email when they said, "Hey, there's a problem with one of your videos." Nobody responded. Ah, uh, hey, there's a problem with one of your videos. Ah, we're taking your whole channel down. Which was For years us, of of the way that it was you three years. Yeah, three years of your content. Three years of content. And the only way yeah. that you, the, the only place it lived that you guys knew of, right? Yep. Shit. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's the tragedy of something, yeah. but the, the beauty that came out of it. Yeah. Were, what came out of it? Uh, a, 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 a web of friends. Yeah. Um, no pun intended. I mean, that's, we ultimately were kind of born from this little idea mm-hmm. and I, I feel like I, they're all my brothers and sisters, um, you know, in this, this moment in time Yeah, and we can all kind of look at each other and have a beer and talk about it. But yeah. Everybody's doing great right now, contributing that's, to the yeah. art, the arts community. Yes, that's that's the thing. I you know I, I've noticed that nobody's been able to. Um, while everybody had had kind of the same the same response that you did, which is like uh, it was great, but you know it ended kind of poorly. But it was still awesome. <laughs> like everybody, yeah. and and then you look at Andy Fell, you you look at Roman, yeah. you look at yeah. Lauren, you look at you, and it's like you guys are still doing great. And you're still very important to what we're doing. And you still very much have your well, thumbprint. And we're also a lot of times, I think, you know, in, in some cases, I think we always know that we can call on each other and we're yeah. right there. Yeah. Like we're still kind of in the trenches. Yeah. I together. asked Lauren about that. I said, is there like a fraternity, like yeah. this like brother sisterhood? I'd you guys you what, have going when you're in theater, you, you, you develop a deeper bond. Yeah. Right? I remember like when a show is running, yeah. when it, when it, when you're running a show, it's like, you guys are in it. Yeah. People producing shows all around here. Yeah. When you're in it, like you form these really deep bonds, theater, live TV, you're forming yeah. these really deep bonds, which is basically like, Ben, do not let me down right now. We yeah. are live. Like, you know, well, that's that trust thing you're talking about that you and Lauren had that you, and I'm sure that you had with everybody yeah. else on there, which is like, we're doing it. It's live. Yeah. I'm leaning on you. You're leaning on me. We're yeah. all in this together. This, this ship is going to go. Yeah. You know, the way that every single one of us goes, if one of us sinks, we're all sinking. So yeah. let's keep it up. So where'd you go after that? Where'd you go after? So Mox that Ivy? closed. And I will say that um, th- for the first time in my life, I got involved in trying to get everybody's money back. And so- What do you uh, mean? Well, w- w- because all of us as the employees who didn't get paid, I was like, that's not right. I'm going to fight for that. Really? And so I sought legal counsel on behalf of the group. Nice. I'd never done that before. Yeah. I'd gotten connected. But you to, learned a lot from that. I got connected. Well, I, I learned that you can hide under an LLC. Really? Yeah. You can yeah. hide things and you can shift. I things. mean, that's what it's for, right? That's what an LLC is for is to separate, yeah. you know, separate personal liability. It is. But, you know, there's, you know, I think there's enough, uh, there are enough stories of, of people that have been done wrong because you can hide things a lot easier financially. Yeah. 
And, um, and we were kind of victims of that kind of, um, duck and run. Did these people just disappear? Couldn't find them. Uh, yeah. It's a bummer, man. I mean, I, I don't want to call, I don't want to ca- uh, paint them as no, fugitives. They were good people. Yeah. They, they are, I'm sure they just got in people, over their heads and I mean, you know, it's like you, if you and I worked together in the trenches for three years and then all of a sudden you just decided to kind of close the doors and see, say, see you later. I would mm-hmm. have some questions. Sure. You know, Did you ever and, get those answered when you started to kind of unify everybody and go after um, trying well, to make everybody we, whole? We, we, what we realize is that, that we, as the, the people who were affected, the people who were kind of counting on, you know, that f- extra $600 that they worked for, or maybe that $6,000 that they yeah. had worked for and earned, earned, mm-hmm. earned. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To me, you just got to. You got to make that right. Yeah. That's the right thing to do. Yeah. But that's one story. Yeah. What'd you do after? After, after you Closed started that, yeah. I, uh, I, I tried to kind of freelance. I thought I could be a freelancer for a freelance. What? Anything. I TV was like, host. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> in a lot of ways, MC. I, um, I taught, that was the summer I taught, uh, vocal lessons. Yeah. So you were doing it all. You were hustling. I was hustling. And, um, <laughs> so I had this idea during that summer, um, two things happened. I had contacted Kim Bumpus, who is the head of Visit Knoxville then, yeah. still is. And we had become friends. And I said, hey, listen, I I'm just want to let you know I'm going to be looking for a job. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what what's going on. She's really great. She's great. She's a very sweet person. She is. A, she is. And she's uh, like, so I, I, I basically said to her, I was like, hey, I'm, I'm just looking for a job. And, um, she said, well, we're kind of going through a weird time right now, but, um, are you interested in, in sales? When was this? I don't know. Um, 2010, 12. Yeah. 2010. 20, 2010. Yeah. She said, uh, sales. She said, are you interested in sales? So uptick after the recession, things were starting to get a little better. And I said, um, what am I was like, I, I hate sales. What, what am I selling? What would I, and she said, Knoxville. And I was like, Oh, wait a second. I'm in. Wait a second. Huh? So, so I, I, I did, I dived in, I dove in and I, um, learned how to speak this sort of tourism language, which was kind of fascinating. Yeah. Um, and started meeting a lot of meeting planners and event planners and, um, really, really kind of more than anything, really kind of understanding how we're selling our city to everybody else. Like yeah, to who though, to tourists yeah. or to, yeah. I mean, that's okay. it's visit Knoxville's born is, is essentially the, the convention of visitors. What's it called? E- yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's CVB. It, yeah. Or, it's, they're in charge of tourism, yeah. you know, to drive people and to drive tourism dollars to, yeah. to the area is hotel taxes. What pays for that? Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure a lot of different types of funding, but, yeah. um, anyway, that was a great crew of people still, still is. I, I, um, know a lot of them, but selling Knoxville felt right after all this stuff that I've been doing. I well, was you'd like, kind of already been doing it, right? Yeah. It felt like you kind of had yeah. a, had a, a bachelor's, if not a master's in selling Knoxville. I love it. Like I'll go to any bar in any city, <laughs> anywhere, have a whiskey and talk about Knoxville yeah. anytime. I love it. Um, but yeah, I got a chance to kind of do some really cool things there. Um, in, in just in terms of kind of like 
I don't know, reconnect with our actual stakeholders um, who are the people that tourists interface with when they come to our town. Who's and, it, like, well, who? like people like the zoo, you know, oh, the, yeah, the, the historic the, homes group, you know, yeah. why are like, what are the attractors besides mm-hmm. our natural beauty? What are the attractors to our city? Yep. And it was a really interesting experience to kind of take my 11 o'clock rock interview experience and go and now kind of interview people who, you know, uh, run the museum. You know, and, gotcha. and what's, what's, what's cool about the, the museum? Why do people need to know about this and how can we make content that can help tell that story? Yeah. So what, what, what kind of sales what was it? I mean, you had to, you had to go and, and learn so, about the, the, the draw yeah, of so Knoxville. This is kind of fun. Um, my, my tourism people really appreciate this, that I remember this. Um, so the, the job that I'd taken was just recently vacated and in, in sales, this is super boring, Ben. I don't know if you want to know about this, but it's I like, do. I, okay. yes, I do. We've come this far. <laughs> uh, maybe people will find it really exciting and get into tourism. Yeah. Um, so got some real tourism junkies yes, out there. I'll tell you <laughs> the whole, the whole goal is to bring money to Knoxville. Yeah. So people who are going to have their conferences, their conventions, yeah. their family reunions, their whatever, yeah. if it's a large group, we want to try to help facilitate sure. them booking hotel rooms yeah. and booking their plans. That's, that's, that's what the scene. That's the whole does. deal. They encourage you. They just yeah. encourage people to come. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, basically, um, I got to, in, in my sales categories, there was sports. Sports was really big. Mm-hmm. If you could get sports conventions, sports conferences, that's that the, your best salesperson needed to, needed to be in that category. Yeah. Um, I was, I felt kind of given a collection of categories of different types of meetings and events that I needed to try to call on. And that was called the Smurf category. Oh, the Smurf category. Yes. What's that? It's Uh, gotta be an acronym. I thought you might ask. Um, (laughs) Smurf, I believe is S M E R F in Ah. this particular situation. And it stands for social military, educational, religious, and fraternal meetings. Perfect. That that's all encompassing. Feels like everything it's sports. The, it's the Smurf of life. It it is all encompassing. So is that like when the um, when the uh, the all the kids take over the Knoxville destination uh, imagination destination yeah, imagination? Yeah, 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 that's yeah, what it's called. Yeah, yeah, that whole yeah, thing was was oh, that you? No, was, well, not me, but that was a huge a huge undertaking for uh, visit Knoxville. Yeah, and this you don't you don't see you don't see a lot of their work because it's so much behind the scenes. Yeah, there's people like yeah. that help make that marathon happen. Yeah, you know that's gone through shut down the entire. You know, uh, the city. last time I talked to Kim Bumpus was because the Bassmaster Classic was in Knoxville. Mm-hmm. The big fishing turn, the big bass big draw, fishing, yeah. the, the Super Bowl of bass yeah. fishing was in. Those, Knoxville. I'm telling you, visit Knoxville is crushing it. They're doing yeah. great, but great, it, but great it's those job. kinds of things that, that is that the, the onus of that is on bringing those things to town is on. There's somebody thinking about how can we bring this group two years two, before yeah. they ever get there? Dude, I'm five, six years. Really? These people are booking out their events because they're booking up like the convention center. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Anyway, the Smurf category, it's the Smurf. So <laughs> I did not enjoy that. I enjoyed really? talking about Knoxville, but it was a very archaic system to connect, actually talk to somebody because we had all these, this lead system, like, Hey, the last time we talked to this person was six months ago, call them again and see yeah. if they're interested now. Hey, it's Brent from visit yeah. Knoxville. How you doing? May I, I speak to Tammy? Oh, she doesn't work there anymore. Fantastic. How about Charles? <laughs> <laughs> well, what I was noticing is at that particular time, we just really weren't doing a lot of like uh, the storytelling we were doing was in binders. Gotcha. And 
I had come from 11 o'clock yeah, rock. You, and so, you, didn't, you didn't want to make a pitch deck. You well, wanted to talk to somebody. Yeah. And so I said, how about, um, I would like to not do sales, but let me help make content that helps us sell better. Gotcha. So we started, in fact, Andy fell you, um, joined me and we did, um, a series of videos, oh, not, not just join me. The, the, these guys were just creating lock and key. And we went around and we did an actual focused video on Market Square, a focused video on Knoxville Museum of Art, a focused video gotcha. on, on the zoo. So Lock and Key was Andy's new company he was building, and he and yeah. he and he and you you guys together went yeah. and made these like specific videos for One different minute videos, short and fast. And I was just trying to get some stuff that instead of sending a binder to a Chicago a person in Chicago trying to think about booking their convention. Let me just send you some some really great visuals yeah. Yeah. that help you understand that Knoxville is a lot more than what you might think. Um, and that's and so, excellent. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a good steady growth. I think anyway. they've all, visit Knoxville has done some awesome stuff and yeah. have, has brought some really great stuff to town and uh, put us on the map a little agreed. bit with some stuff. Uh, one thing that I'm really proud of um, that happened right before I left. This is right about I started getting the opportunity to to start working on Sugarlands Distilling Company. Ooh, can't wait. Next, that's kind of where we're, the story goes. But um, before we leave there, my favorite thing that I got to do was I got uh, I got to serve on the um, the mayor's art council. Um, was Rahero? Yeah, that, this yeah. is during Rahero. So I got to serve in the the, the art council, and so we talked. Is about, that when the Maker City thing happened? That was um, Maker City would come later. Okay. Um, but um, anyway, I, I got appointed to oversee um, a mural uh, that got put on the side of Visit Knoxville. And, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and WDVX is right there. That and thing's so, great. <clears throat> I got to oversee it, and I got to buy the paint for it, and I got to to rent the scaffolding for it, and I got to secure the artist for it. Yeah, and, Bobby uh, Cruz. Bobby Cruz um, yeah. just, you know, knocked it out of the park. But, but if you've never <laughs> – if you've never planned for a 40 by 60 mural on the side of a building before, <laughs> how do you go about doing that? I've been making market square videos for the last five years. I've been killing it. <laughs> Don't know how to do a mural. It's the, it's, it's, it's the good sport as Dale Mackey would say. It's like, what, 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 what's the, what's the challenge today? Like what, yeah. what, what do we see we can do? But, um, um, so I guess after, after visit Knoxville, I got an opportunity to, um, start, helping develop um, uh, a friend of mine was starting to work on a distillery and um, and he said, Hey, would you like to, to come and, and be involved? And I said, yeah, you know, and he, he, he said, what would you be interested in doing? And um, I was like, man, I just, I want to be a part. See that, be a part. see Brent, that is what is, I think that's, what's always fascinated me about you. It's like, Hey, I'm starting something and I don't know what I want you to do, but I know I want you involved. <laughs> It's a, it's an interesting challenge, but it's a great one. You know, yeah. you, you have to, th you have to throw a lot of things against the wall and see if they stick. Well, what did, what did you end up landing on at Sugarlands? What did, when your buddy said, Hey, come start this distillery with me. What do you want to do? What'd you tell him? Well, it was, I, I want to drink the liquor and yeah, yeah <laughs> cute, cute quality assurance. <laughs> yeah, man. We, um, we, we had to kind of first understand you know, what, what this concept was ultimately going to, going to be, you know, um, I think the original intention was just to open up and, and to bottle a few bottles of booze and, and just kind of distribute here locally and see how it goes and yeah. kind of be, kind of be a, a Gatlinburg 
um, you know, business, um, it really just took off yeah. from the very beginning. Um, so I got to come on um, kind of as we were just beginning construction and got to be involved in the construction of the distillery and um, the design. I got, oh, cool. I got, uh, I got to kind of help um, establish some, some unique features in the, the, the interior. So you got to help curate the experience kind of totally right from the go. Yeah. So I got to, I got, had my blueprints out and I was trying to imagine what happens inside this space, you know, um, how do people move through it? Um, right. Why do we decide to, you know, put this here and does that impede that? Um, and you don't, you know, it's your best guess, you know? Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. Who's, who's ever made a moonshine distillery before? Man, yeah. <laughs> not me. <laughs> but again, the challenge presents itself and, um, you know, um, we got incredible owners. And so there was a, a really clear vision. Uh, you, you don't do that and just kind of eke into it. You, you really have to have a, a, a conviction and, um, yeah, it doesn't so, sound cheap and it doesn't sound not, like something you can half step. It's not, but I tell you, it's been of. a, it's been, you know, one of the most rewarding experiences of, of my life. Is have just, you been there since the beginning? Yeah. Before the beginning. Yeah. It, it was, uh, you know, it was, um, I got to, I got to try to figure out what it, what we were going to call it. I had a whole bunch really? of names for the distillery yeah. that, 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 you know, wow, that didn't sound good. Well, oh, Sugarlands is, is stupid. Let's throw that out of the trash, but isn't that, um, a feature somewhere in the Smokies? It is. Yeah. yeah. So, um, the Sugarlands is an area uh, that includes Mount LeConte and the, of course the Sugarlands, um, Valley, um, you know, Charlie's Bunyan, um, yeah. chimney tops. This is the area. So of the it's Sugarlands. a region of the, mm-hmm. of the Smokies. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, uh, a hundred, a hundred years ago or so, um, you still had some people that were 20 to 30 families that were living, you know, there yeah. and, um, kind of like Elkmont, they still had yeah. some houses up there and all that. Some of them made the, booze. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Some so, of them made booze. And so, you know, there's a really rich, really, really rich history. I mean, I just, um, I'm thankful for this job because it put me in the mountains so yeah. much more. Yeah. Are you up um, there every day? Oh no, I'm not. I, um, I, in fact, I work mostly from Knoxville, but I, you know, go up to, to Gatlinburg obviously frequently. Yeah. So what's the experience like up there? What do you guys actually do in the brick and mortar space up there? You know, besides make booze yeah. legally, legally <laughs> well, make moonshine. I mean, you're on vacation and you're walking on a sidewalk and there's an open door that says, you know, <laughs> we can give you samples of booze. And you're like, God, this feels like the best spring break ever. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do that. Um, we, um, I could brag on, on, on what we do at the distillery for a long time. So you'll have to, uh, abbreviate me when it seems long winded. <laughs> we basically take, we bring people in and we greet them with a smile. And then we said, you know, would you like to taste a lot of what we make here? Mm-hmm. Um, and they come in and a lot of times, you know, they're families, sometimes it's multi-generation, yeah. um, you know, it's friends, um, on vacation. Is there a taboo feeling to some people that think like, Oh, we're drinking moonshine. We're not supposed to do this. Yeah. You know, um, you know, somebody's coming in from, you know, Indiana who had Ohio. They're, yeah. they're coming from Ohio. Oh, Brent. They're coming from Ohio. <laughs> They're coming from Ohio. We we have the numbers. They are coming from Ohio. It's empirical. Ohio is great. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, we have feelings about. I might buy a beach house there. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> we have feelings about about all of our um, our people that come to see us. But so we 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 take you through um, samplings of our our uh, straight and flavored moonshines and our cool. Appalachian sipping creams. Nice. Um, and um, and and we we have fun with you. 
You know, we yeah. have we have fun with you, and we kind of kind of let you kind of detach from the rest of life for a while. And uh, these guys have done such a great job that um, you know we're we're the number one thing to do in Gatlinburg. Really, um, I bet on TripAdvisor. Yeah, it's we just become friends in yeah. a short amount of time. So there's a tasting room right there. On- tasting room. We have a cocktail bar where we'll mix okay. you up a cocktail, and you can sit in a rocking chair and ch- hang out next to the in the mountains for a while. That's super cool. While you're sipping on your cocktail, we do a great, great um, behind the scenes tour of our whole production. Um, oh, nice! Which is really, really yeah. nice. And we've got a a, a, a great, you know, uh, retail, you know, shopping area to buy. Yeah. Lots of different things. But, but is sell- the nuts and bolts of it, uh, like off-premise sales at liquor stores and all that too? We is sell it, a, yeah, but we sell a ton, a ton in liquor stores. So distribution and, is, is a big part of it. And then yeah. the, uh, and then the tasting room and all that is more of the, the kind of face and, and the real experience mm-hmm. that the, that the company stands for. Yeah. We're, um, when we're distributed in, uh, 27 states now. Nice. Um, and, um, but we've got, uh, I can't, I can't, uh, this is one, this is what I do every day, <laughs> all day long. And so, um, it kind of occupies my life. So we could go down any rabbit hole you want. And that may just be the most dangerous thing. Well, I know you. that you, that you're responsible, you know, for, for getting the word out there about, about Sugarlands, right? I mean, what's your, you know, what's yeah. your main, main job there now? Yeah. I'm the marketing and strategy director. Right. And so uh, I oversee all the creative and all the, fun, like just a lot of fun stuff, yeah. you know, just, just creating every single day and helping kind of give a voice, but I'm, I'm one of many that, that pull it all together. Right. Do you think that you have, uh, do you think that you're the ideal person to do that because you are the person that they're aiming for? or that Sugar Lens is aiming for? Do you feel like you have a good, uh, do you feel like you're uniquely qualified to help that strategy because uh, you know the lifestyle, you know the experience? Well, you know, it's, um, I don't know that I'm uniquely qualified. I think I'm just kind of doing, you know, uh, we're, we're all trying our best just to kind of make something great happen. Yeah. And, and what comes out, comes out. There's a pretty interesting thing about Gatlinburg. You know, it's um, like there's literally every accent from all over the world that comes to Gatlinburg. There's every every type of person um, from all over the world, you know, all over the country. There is accents. There are um, uh, behavioral norms and and uh, and things that kind of like are. Well, I mean, Gatlinburg in so many ways is such a, a spectacle. Right. And it's a yeah. spectacle, but it's in the mountains, which is also its own spectacle. And yeah. so you, you're not even really sure what to make of it all. Mm-hmm. It's always kind of been like that. Um, but uh, what I've really kind of loved the most about it is just kind of the hospitality. I think yeah. we kind of. Uh, well, that's from your, like your restaurant days, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, you've yeah. got to like that part. You've got to like hospitality. You've got to like taking care of people. You have to like hosting. It's a, it's a service industry. Yeah. It's an entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's literally saying, come in here and we're going to have a great time. We want you to, we want you to go home with yeah. lots of our products. Yeah. You know, that's the exchange that's happening. But I think people are leaving with something that actually sticks with him a lot longer and a lot deeper, which is this sort of affinity that you can't really buy. I feel you. I mean, I don't know that you can name many brands or maybe you can think of the brands that you actually really connect with. You know, I I don't like talking about that because I don't like to think of myself as connecting with a brand. 
I like to think of myself as just an individual. Like yeah, moving. a person with their own thoughts and ideas. Yes. Yeah. But as marketers and branders, I'm looking for you. And right. I, I want to be able to talk to you in a way that feels, um, you know, uh, there's a low barrier to entry. You know, yeah. that, that, that there's no, I'm not trying to, to intimidate you out of this. Just it's, here. You. it's here. Yeah. So with, with that whole, with your whole, you know, your responsibilities there at the distillery, um, at some point a music festival became a thing there, huh. right? Did that happen? Yeah. That was like in September of a couple years ago, maybe? or 2017. La- yeah. I, I remember really, really, really wanting to go and not being able to go because I had, it was my brother's birthday out of town or something like that. Um, but there was a, you, I looked at the, the card, the, I looked at your the, the lineup, the lineup that you guys put together. And I was like, dude, I'm going to this. Absolutely. This was, it was fantastic. It was a killer, a killer. I, I don't think that Gatlinburg has seen anything. I'm sure they've had lots of different events. I don't know that they had seen anything like this kind of a modern day music festival, music festival in, in Gatlinburg. Um, I have this, there's a lot of, a lot of credit goes around on that, but it was called Sugarlands Mountain Fest. Okay. And we were really trying to connect with the outdoor audience. And, really? And um, that was kind of a, a thinking at that particular time. And so we really tried to create around the festival, we created like um, a cycling competition and a running competition and a fishing competition and just being outside competition. So it wasn't just coming to see music and get yeah. drunk and, and sleep on the lawn. Right. It was three days. And then we also had a fourth day, which was the Tennessee whiskey experience. What was that? Where was that brought, Thursday or Sunday? It was Thursday night. Okay. And we brought all of the uh, whiskey distilleries in Tennessee to one place. Oh, that's cool. And they all brought their booze. And that was the Tennessee whiskey experience um, that kicked off Sugarlands Mountain Fest. Oh, that's so fun. And it was at the Park Vista. Beautiful night. Gosh, really memorable night. The whole the whole weekend was memorable. And I have to say, Jess Hale, Daniel, Daniel Fluitt, um, they worked their asses off putting uh, that uh, that that festival together, but Jess is the one who booked that lineup. And it was just, I mean, she's just a super, super talent. Um, she pulled just a phenomenal lineup. It looked like an awesome lineup. Did, it was a great did, time, did the man. festival go off without a hitch? <laughs> you know, well, I guess that's loaded. You were behind the scenes the whole time, Buddy, but I tell from, you what. from, from, from a, uh, from a, uh, concert attendees point of view, did it go off it without was a, a hitch? great, it was a great experience. Yeah. Um, I think it was, it was a great experience for everybody. We had great weather. Um, and people, we're happy and we're dancing and drinking and it was fantastic. You're awesome. in the mountains. How can you yeah. lose? Yeah. How can you lose there? So yeah, um, we kind of morphed that into um, uh, the Tennessee whiskey experience. And then um, last year we changed it, uh, the Tennessee whiskey experience and moved it to Knoxville at the Miller oh, cool. mine. Oh, and, awesome. Uh, we really kind of focused on our whiskey, which is yeah. called roaming man. Uh, yeah. So we, I've had that. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I'm going to get you a bottle of that friend. Oh, I'd love some. That's what friends do. Yeah. Yeah. Next time you're driving through the neighborhood, that's the bottle. You <laughs> drop need. some in the mailbox. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we did, uh, we did, um, produced, uh, an event called elevated evening and we got Gran Torino to play and, uh, had Jeffrey D'Alejandro, our chef, oh, fine. make an incredible Those are all my favorite dinner. people. <laughs> oh, you, you get, so yeah. Um, we, we hope that we can do it this year because yeah. we don't know if the events will be allowed yeah. to continue. I mean, just cause yeah. of our, um, so Anyway, but when you did yeah. the uh, when you did the um, Sugarlands Mount Mountain Festival, what was mm-hmm. it called? Uh, Mountain Fest, Mountain Fest, uh, didn't you guys do like a cross country uh, <laughs> RV 
What was it called? The uh, roadshow? The uh, yes, the moving mountains. Moving roadshow. mountains roadshow. Yeah. What was that? <laughs> I remember seeing that and hearing about it, and all my friends were going to to shoot it with you, and I yeah. was like, "Oh, I want to go." That was uh, that was a stunt to to really kind of connect with the the markets that were around Gatlinburg that we felt we could kind of reach to. Yeah. Um, and just build a deeper relationship with um, each city. We picked eight cities and we spent two days, two and a half days in each city. And we basically found, we did, we did uh, small videos uh, that highlighted three things that happened in that city or area. Gotcha. We featured a nonprofit that was doing really, really cool, cool. things. We featured a um, brewery or distillery yep. to kind of create kind of a deeper connection there. Um, and we did an outdoor activity in that city. Yeah. So my compadre, uh, Eric Baker, Love was him. along. He, he and I were uh, kind of the, the, the goons that kind of did all this stuff. And then uh, uh, Brent Collier, uh, Jandy Spencer, and Mike Deering. Uh, see, those are my favorite people. Well, buddy, <laughs> let me tell you, you need to live in an RV with those guys for 18 days. And I'll hate them. <laughs> no, I, we had so much fun. Um, I bet. It was great. And, but we, all, we, we worked really, really hard. And we uh, we put out those shows. It was called the Moving Mountains Road Show. And um, at the end of you know every episode, it was basically, "Hey, come to Mountain Fest." Yeah, come to Mountain Fest. Yeah, We're so connecting it was, it with was your branded. City. It was branded entertainment. We're connecting yeah. with your city. Come come hang out with us. That's great. Yeah, it was a, it was a total. Blast. Was that a fun trip? It was a. It was work. <laughs> it was it was insane work on my yeah. part. But it got me a chance to kind of get back on camera again. Yeah. Um, which oh I yeah, had, probably hadn't done that since. Yeah, with and then Eric yeah. and I are, are brothers. You well, know? and Eric was doing uh, Tennessee Uncharted at mm -hmm. the time, right? So he it felt he was pretty doing natural. A, yeah, he was doing a TV show. You had experience there, so you guys were perfect co-hosts. Yeah, I'm sure it's fun. It's fun. Um, so we just we just tried to explore and be curious. It looked and, like a lot of fun. I wish I could have gone with you guys. It, it was a great but, time. But maybe not. It sounds like five guys in an RV would have been tough. Well, you know, <laughs> try, we tried to keep it cheap. <laughs> I mean, we did have an RV. I was surprised that that actually even happened. Yeah. That was, uh, uh, that was the first time I drove an RV. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the RV now? Did you guys rent it or did you buy it? Uh, no, it was actually one of our owners uh, had the RV and I convinced him to let us take it. Nice. Um, and... Uh, and he you guys are still friends. So, yeah, we're know. still friends. I think I got to call. You <laughs> must have treated his RV right then. Yeah, we brought it back in one piece. Yeah. I was sweating that the whole time. Yeah. But, did, uh, did we miss anything? <laughs> oh, God, I don't really think so, man. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about a lot. What were we talking about? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Arts? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Did we answer Chattanooga? The did we answer the question? <laughs> we did. What do you do now? That was the question. God, my it, brain hurts. I'm it took sorry. us. Let's see. It took us. An hour and 22 minutes, but we oh, answered the question. If, if somebody is actually listening to this right now, <laughs> please I, send water. I'm going to give you my MySpace account so that you can, <laughs> we can be connected. Let's, let's do that. Cause there is a, there is a connection that I'm feeling to you. If, if you're still hanging on at the end of this. <laughs> hey, there's a, there's a couple of people out there. Listen to all of them, man. I love it. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. I think South of Scruffy is, uh, is, um, it's, it's so honest and it's so right now and it's so great. And I'm so glad you're doing it. Well, I appreciate you being here, man. You've been on my, you've been on my short list to be here for a long time. And I'm glad that we made it work out. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Let's do it again. See you, Brent.
All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining me for that chat with Brent. He's an awesome dude. I'm so glad that he came by. I'm very grateful that he did so as well. Thanks for for joining us. Thanks for being here. Uh, Check me on Instagram at South of Scruffy. Send me an email, southofscruffy at gmail.com. Go to Patreon, patreon.com slash South of Scruffy. Do all that fun stuff and say hey to your boy. Guys, thanks so much. Got uh, a couple heavy hitters coming at you the next couple weeks. Uh, Next week, you got Eric Baker for sure. So that's going to be so exciting. Uh, It's going to be great. Stick around. Check me out next week. Thanks a lot, guys. Love you. Matt Honkadon, play me out.